0: Well, good morning. I believe this is starting. I got the countdown by Facebook. It's the, the interface is trying to catch up. So, good morning. This twenty-second day of November of the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Welcome to your Bible study Sunday school lesson for today. I am Pastor Nelson Nisley, associate pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. And we come here every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to study God's Word. Whether you're watching this live or watching this as a recording at some later time, either one is fine. We like both. If you're not familiar with Tower View Baptist Church, you can check us out on our website, towerviewkc.com. If you're watching this video, odds are you're watching it on Facebook, which is another place you can check it out, Tower View Baptist Church, Four Words. We're in Kansas City, Missouri. And if you are in Kansas City, Missouri and want to know where we are, we are by the World's Fun Water Tower. um, By the exit of I-435 and 48th Street in Clay County, Missouri, just north of the city of Clay Como. I'm sorry, south of the city of Clay Como. And 7301 Northeast 50th Street is our street address if you want to put it into your favorite mapping program. And that's where we are. If you want to get in contact with us, check us out on web, on our website. You can send us messages. You can call our text, our phone number for the church, 816-368-1330. Those are all ways you can get in contact with us. Our church does... Uh, we, obviously, we do this online. Our sermons are online. The music that we worship to is online. Um, we do inside church, but it's by reservation only. So you need to call that number I gave you um, and, and make a reservation to be inside. We are not doing um, full service, so we need to make sure we have the, enough seats and we're not too full per health department regulations. Um, but one thing you can do without reservations, you can come and you can park in our parking lot, turn your radio to ninety point seven FM, and you can listen to the entire service live on your FM radio in the parking lot with um, other brothers and sisters in Christ. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for watching. And I see we got some people on. We see I see Judy. I see Shirley, which I assume Don is with you. Um, and let's see. And who else is on there John Moody's class will be watching today that um, because of the increased risk their class is not meeting so they'll be watching today so I welcome all of you and I know there are others out there watching and listening who have not put their names on the comments that's okay we're not taking attendance not today maybe maybe next month we will I don't know No, we won't so I thank you for watching I thank you for listening I know Darren's out there, he's, he, he's, he's doing the behind the scenes stuff, he's sharing this on Facebook, so you also can, if you want to share this while it's live, share it, and so other people can jump in on it. We are continuing with the book of Isaiah. This is lesson 12 of 13, through the book of Isaiah, and we are going to be in chapter 58 today, mostly. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do. Help us as we study your word today, that you will open our hearts, open our minds, open our attitudes for what you have to say, and that you will speak directly to us through your word, through your scripture. Use me, your servant today, to the, to the best of my ability, Lord. You are the mighty God, Lord. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are continuing through the book of Isaiah. Last week we looked at Isaiah chapter 53, uh, a psalm or a, a scripture about the suffering servant, the Messiah. And going through scholars and commentators on the scriptures have tried to break up, you know, like, they like to break up the books and kind of figure out a logical flow. And when you get to this part of Isaiah, they don't all agree, so it's not real super clear where the breaks are. But um, what I've been following, what it seems to me is, beginning in chapter fifty-six is the last section of the book of Isaiah. And so the suffering servant theme kind of went, and and, and the salvation of Zion kind of went through up through chapter fifty-five. And beginning in chapter fifty-six, we get a little bit different theme about the responsibilities. uh, of us and what God's promises are for us going forward in the future, the far future. And so the lesson starts in chapter 58. But I'm going to read the first two verses of Isaiah 56 to set the tone to what these scriptures are about coming coming up to 58. So in Isaiah 56, verses 1 and 2, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Preserve justice, and do what is right, for my salvation is coming soon, and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy is the person who does this, the Son of Man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps his hands from doing any evil. And so we, we are tasked, the Lord says, preserve ju- to preserve justice, to do what is right. And don't use an excuse, well, it's not my problem. I don't know them. Don't use the excuses, well, it might not be safe. Um, it calls us to personal responsibility. And it says happy or blessed is another way that some translations will say blessed is the person who does this. The Son of Man who holds to the fast, the Son of Man, which Jesus used as his declaration of Godhood in the New Testament. But here, it's also just referring to all of us. We're all sons of men and women. It says to keep the Sabbath. Keep that holy day holy. And keep your hands from doing evil. So that means the other nine of the Ten Commandments. You realize keeping the Sabbath day holy is one of the Ten Commandments. It's just as important as thou shalt not murder, and thou shalt not steal. We, We hold those as important, but keeping the Sabbath day holy, is on par with those. And so that's what these chapters are about. Um, it's about keeping God's law, keeping his promises, turning away from the pagan religions. And then God telling us what he will do when we do that. And that is really what chapter 58 is about. So Isaiah 58. So i got a question for you. So as, the, as we go through this, think about this question. How can you tell a true believer, a true Christian, from one who is just acting like a Christian? This world is such that anybody can call themselves a Christian. You know, we think of all the different denominations we have. You, you don't even have to go to church to name yourself a Christian. You could say, I'm a Christian, and I'm a Muslim, and I'm a Jew, all at the same time. People could say that, but that doesn't mean it's true. But how does one, how do you tell one apart? Some might say, well, do they keep the fruit of the Spirit? That's a good, those are some good pieces of evidence. Do they go to church regularly? That's a good piece of evidence. Have they been baptized? That's a good piece of evidence. But we know from the New Testament, Jesus preached a sermon, and we often label it the, the, the parable, he preached a parable of the weeds and the wheat. And in the parable, the owner of the land told his servants to go sow seeds of wheat into the field, and they did. And after a time, the, weeds, or the wheat grew up, and then after a time, when it was getting close to the harvest time, you could visibly tell that some of the plants in the field were not wheat, but weeds. But when they were very young, you couldn't tell the difference because they were all grasses, just different types of grasses. And so you, could, you could, couldn't tell the difference. But as they grew and got bigger, you could tell that there was a difference between the weeds and the wheat. And the servants of this farmer said, should we go weed the field to pull these weeds out? And the farmer said, no. Because if you pull the weeds, you're going to pull the wheat out too. Because when you plant weeds in, or wheat, or grass, you, you almost broadcast it. They're very close together. And so the, so the uh, roots are all intertwined. And if there's any weeds out there, it, the weeds' roots are intertwined with the wheat roots. And so in the parable, he said, no, wait till the harvest time. And then at the harvest time, we'll separate the weeds and separate the wheat. And it was a parable, and Jesus said this. He said, this is what this means. The farmer is the father. The workers are the angels. And the, and the weeds and the wheat are all of us on this earth. And the wheat are God's true servants. And the weeds are, God, are the false servants. They appear, to be, they appear to be followers of God, but they're not. And early on in their development, it's hard to tell apart. And God said, I'm not going to wreak just judgment on them until the harvest time, until the judgment time, until after they die, because it may damage the wheat. So how do we tell the difference? Sometimes time will tell. And you see somebody and you thought they were a a powerful creature, and then you find out that they were um, just in it for the money. Or just in it for the glory. Or whatever else it was. And so that is the type of thing that this scripture is looking at. Today. That we're looking at. People who claim to be followers of God but aren't. And so we're in Isaiah chapter 58. And we're starting in verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 58 verses 1 and 2. Cry out loudly don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways like a nation that does what is right and does not abandon the justice of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight in the nearness of God. And so here is God telling the people what to do, to cry out. Don't hold anything back. Raise your voice like a trumpet, like a shofar. Those aren't quiet instruments. You can't play a shofar quietly. But it says also, tell my people their transgressions. Tell people about their sin. It isn't just about your best life now. It's about repenting from your sin. Even if you've been a Christian for a long time, you still have to repent of your sin because you haven't stopped. And so that is just as important as crying out to God. It's just as important as raising your voice like a trumpet. And then verse 2, it says, They seek after me day by day. delight to know my way. Are you doing that? Are you seeking God every day, not just on Sunday morning? Sunday morning's great. But don't stop there. Do you desire God all the other days of the week? Do you desire God all the time? Do you desire God just as much on Monday morning or Friday night as you do on Sunday morning? So don't abandon, but also don't abandon the justice of God. Taking care of those who can't take care of themselves, those who have had the powerful um, cause, cause them problems and take things that they aren't, aren't to be taken. So do you delight in the nearness of God? Do you desire that? And that's what the goal is. That's what the goal is here, to say, this is is where you should be going. Continuing on with verse 3, Isaiah 68, verse 3. Uh-oh. All right. All right, I may add a dropout there for a moment. All right, we're continuing on. Isaiah, Isaiah Isaiah chapter 58, continuing on in verse 3. Why have you fasted? I'm sorry, let me try that again. I didn't read the words right. Why have we fasted, but you have not seen? Why have we denied ourselves, but you have not noticed? And so I'm, I'm reading this from the Christian Standard Bible and there's quote marks the beginning in that part and it says why have we fasted And it's the people talking to to god but then in the second part of chapter three there's an end quote and then there's another opening quote and it says look you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all your workers so now it's god speaking to those people who were just talking who were just complaining so the people said why have we fasted? You haven't noticed, God, we're fasting, and you haven't noticed anything that we're doing. Why aren't you doing anything about it, God? We, we, we're trying to cry out to you. They said, we denied ourselves. But you haven't noticed. So they think God's turned their back on him. And then this is God, and then beginning in the second half of this verse, God is responding to them. He says, look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all your workers. You fast with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. And so he goes, yeah, you, you claim to be fasting, but you're not changing anything. So you tell people, well, I'm fasting. I'm not going to eat any desserts. And I'm not going to do any extra work, so you have to do my work for me. And makes other people do their work. Because, well, they're fasting, so they can't do it. So they make a big show of it. But they don't live their lives any differently. They still, they don't make peace with others. They don't forgive others. They're still contentious with others. To the point of physical violence. They're not changing their ways. They're living their life just as evil as they'd always been. And so, you know, what difference does that make? So God continues on in verse 5. So God continues on, Isaiah 58, verse 5. God continues on about their fast, and says, okay, what what is this about your fast? Will the fast I choose be like this, a person, a day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed, and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this, no, I'm going to stop right there for a second. And so he starts asking these questions. Do you deny yourself? Do you bow your head? Do you change your clothes into clothes of mourning? That's what sackcloth and ashes is about. Those are attitudes of mourning. Do you mourn over your sins the way you mourn over the death of a loved one? That's what he's asking the people. This, he goes, this is what a true fast is about. Yes, a piece of it is denying yourself food and maybe you know, and some drink. But part of it is, do you change your attitude? Do you change what you do? Verse 6, isn't this the fast I choose? To break the chains of the wickedness? To untie the ropes of the yoke? To set the oppressed free? To tear off every yoke? You use the word yolk in there twice, and we're not talking about what's inside an egg. In this case, a yolk is a, a, a piece of farm uh, equipment. It was, it was used... Come on. Okay, I'm back. Keeps dropping the internet connect, my Wi Fi connection. A yoke is a piece of equipment that used for farm animals. And so the yoke in that time was a piece of wood that was shaped that went across the necks of two oxen, two, piece, two cattle. And you attach the wagon or the load to that yoke so that the cattle could pull the wagon or whatever it was. And so they would continue to do that. And, and so this yoke, think about this yoke as a, a piece of a, you know, the, when your life is battled with sin or the sin of others, it weighs you down It you drag it on.